0: Welcome to Outside Voice Inside. March is Women's History Month, and this episode's woman of notable mention is Audre Lorde, Black lesbian, mother, warrior, poet, feminist, womanist, and all-around badass. So grab a seat, and we hope you enjoy Outside Voice Inside.
1: Outside, voice inside we are on episode 8
0: i know we made it this far look at us
1: look at us Can you believe it we started our first episode was 2, two 22 yes and, and here we are 8 episodes in i'm proud of us
0: i'm proud of us too i think we've um i think we've done some good things i know that You talked about not looking at the numbers, but when I am uploading things and (laughs) editing stuff, I have numbers in front of me, and I'd like to thank those uh, continuous special listeners. I'm not going to give her the numbers because I know she want to look at it later, but I would like to thank those uh, continuous special listeners. And um, for the ones that like those special, it shows you which episodes have been listened to the most. So I would like yes. to say, um, I can tell you that the people loved uh, our conversation about integration and they loved our conversation oh. with Darnell. So those are the, <laughs> those are the two yes. that people have listened to the most. So, um, I,
1: yes. I've gotten the most feedback about Darnell. I, maybe he's our lucky charm.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe so. But he, but, uh, you know, because I, I also think that it was a topic that everybody's definitely intrigued about because everybody, you know, everybody wants to travel now like they've never traveled before, even in the midst of a pandemic.
1: But yes. um,
0: but I think that was something. And I think that our, our take on uh, integration was... Uh, was good also, but I think it's funny that every time we talk about something, uh, it comes up somewhere else in, in something else i read like it's something yes. that we talked about and i'm like it's the world sending this to me because we had done this on the podcast like i, yes. I was like i was like wait a it's, minute girl it's we the algorithm it? yes and that's and that's why sometimes i'll be Excuse sending you stuff and i'll be like girl look like just because we just talked about it so yes do your thing I, universe. do your thing. <laughs>
1: I, I appreciate everyone who's listening and I, I have to bring this up. A friend of mine was talking to me and they mentioned, they were like, oh yeah, you know, you're doing the podcast or whatever. And because they brought it up, mm-hmm. I was like, you listened to it yet? What do you think? And they were like, I haven't listened to anything yet. I'm sorry. And I, I just wanna say this, Tamara. I literally don't give a shit if any of my friends listen to this. You wanna know why? Because the minute I start caring Right. That if they listen, I'm gonna be upset because they're not listening. right. And I just feel like even though we are talking about things that are very much important to us, mm-hmm. our relationship with very important topics, i I can't necessarily say these things are publicly important to everyone. Other, that I yeah, know. no,
0: no, no, and and I understand that because I feel like, but that that's why I think that I wish the, they were. Right. But that's why I think that the that the episodes that got the most listens, because those were topics that people were interested in at those times. Now, you know, I feel like especially with us covering these women during a Women's History Month that it's kind of giving a take on people that you might not know. But I want you to, you know, like I said last week, yeah. I want you guys to, if, if you're intrigued by these women that we're discussing, I need you to go out and support these women, even though the majority of them are not with, no longer with us. Um, yeah. You still can, you know, support their efforts and their causes. So this is, to me, doing these during Women's History Month is just informative for those who don't know. Those who know, know. Look, the girls that yeah. know, know. Girls said no (laughs) no so you know it's just kind of one of those things so I am you know I enjoy giving this information to the people so
1: yeah this isn't this podcast is it's not my expectation that my friends are going to be supportive I know we're supposed to think that our friends are supposed to support us in everything that we do but I'm realistic here right like I mean, everything isn't for everyone. So whoever this is for, like, thanks for listening. Thanks for passing it on. Thanks for your feedback. And we are gonna keep doing this.
0: Yes. And I'd like to look, and thank you mama for taking the time out to listen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, my mom, my mom probably would not listen to this because I be cussing. I, I mean, you know, you go your whole life as a kid being told you can't use because, cuss words. Mm-hmm. So I'm an adult now. I'll say whatever the fuck I want to say. She ain't got to listen to it. What's she going to do? She going to whoop me? Wait a minute. That's the thing. Is that <laughs> they,
0: they tell you you can't cuss. And as soon as you get out of their earshot, you be like, damn, shit, fuck. You, you say, you say right. every curse word known to man because somebody told you you couldn't
1: do it. This is part of being free. Yeah. So- With that in mind, let's get into uh, this week, music that uh, we have been touched by, I should say. Um, I'll start because I've been listening, well, it's one song in particular that I listen to a lot by, have you heard of Mariah the Scientist? Yes. Okay, so she's this 24 year old kid, she's a kid to me, but she's from Atlanta. I didn't know that. And I've been listening to her. But she signed to Tory Lanez uh, label. Look, Yeah, I don't don't like that, but she makes good music. Yeah, she does. She really does. It's different. She doesn't, it's different. And like, remember when Khalees came out, it wasn't too many people who sounded like her? Right. Mariah kind of gives me a clue. I'm not, hey, for anyone who's listening, I didn't say she sounds like Khalees. Right. I said she's different like Khalees but right. her shit's pretty good so I've been listening to Aura I mean I've listened to it in the past but this week has been on repeat and um this piano player that I'm not even gonna lie to you I think I started listening to him a couple days ago
0: uh-huh
1: his name is Kareem Kamar okay. he has this this uh instagram reel or story that's going around and it looks like he's playing the piano in the mall this guy is fucking amazing is this the guy
0: that when he he was playing is the one I was I saw with the, him playing with the girl they were playing together
1: no okay that was no the guy. Okay, he's playing cool. by himself and okay. this little boy is standing off to the side like this with his mouth open because he's so impressed and I was watching it Uh and my mouth was open at the same time. It's just, it's amazing what he's doing. Like I'm truly impressed by musicians because they're doing some shit that's like, it's such a skill to be able to do that. And some of my favorite instruments are drums, the bass and piano. So when I hear someone who's really skilled at these things, like listening to him play the piano was kind of like the first time I ever heard Prince when I was a little kid. Ah, got you. yeah, when I heard Alicia Keys, I was like, God, these people are fucking talented. So I went and I listened to uh, Kareem Kamara's album, Winter Etudes, Uh-huh. and the whole thing is phenomenal. I, I want someone to make a movie and use all his music for the soundtrack. It's like- We'll leave that promise, to you,
0: we'll leave that to you.
1: <laughs> promise, listen. I I was like, you know what? I might have to tell Tamara to hell with this. I need to make a movie just so his music yeah. can be moved, yeah. be, uh, yeah. used. But promise me that you're gonna go listen. They're like, he's no, amazing on the keys.
0: Well, here, but, here's the thing. Since you said you like instruments and you said the piano and you said the drums and bass and, and, and bass. bass, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a shout out to one of my classmates from college. He's a drummer, Uh um, and you need to go listen to he. He's always been a drummer. I've always known him to play the drums. He's pretty fucking awesome. His name's Nate Smith. I need you to go and listen to all of his stuff.
1: Nate Smith? Yes. I think I do know his music. Yes. I do! I was listening to him like two weeks ago. Yes, he's He's amazing
0: too. We went to college together. Um, Oh my God. If you ever... um, Watch the movie Birdman, uh, with Michael. Why can't I think of his name? He played the first Batman. What's the name? Michael,
1: Michael Keaton.
0: Keaton. Birdman with Michael Keaton. There's a scene yeah. where he's walking down the street and somebody's playing the drums. It's Nate playing yeah. the drums. Are you right?
1: serious? Yeah. I remember. Like I haven't thought about that movie in years. Yeah. And I remember it clearly. Like I just saw it yesterday when you yeah. just brought it up. Yeah, it yeah I was, remember
0: that scene. It was it was really funny because. I saw i saw it and it, it was really quickly that the camera you know panned past the guy playing the drums and so yes. i sent him a message and i said nate <laughs> were you a merman <laughs> and he started laughing he was like it's funny he said because he had he, he's told me the story that the reason he wound up even doing the movie was somebody else was supposed mm-hmm. to be in the movie playing the drums and they couldn't do it, and so he, the guy asked him, could he stand in for him and do it for him? So that's how he, um, that's oh. how he got, he got the part in the movie. But yeah, I Nate's music is amazing. I think he's been nominated for a couple of Grammys. He's pretty, he's pretty dope, but he's always been dope since we were in college. Like he's he he's always been a good, uh, like a great musician. That's just always how it's always been. So I don't, you know, his his um him being well in the music industry doing well it was always expected like it would i wouldn't have expected any less from him and he's such a humble dude such a sweet guy so definitely everybody that's listening go listen to Nate. Um,
1: You um know, like all the dope
0: artists but um the song for me and i think it's kind of appropriate for uh our episode and that is women's history month i went to saw maxwell last night Woo-hoo. and um it was absolutely the most fabulous. Uh, well, his section of the show was 90 minutes. So it was the most fabulous 90 minutes of my life. Um, <laughs> and what the one thing that was disappointing to me was mm-hmm. that he did not perform this woman's work.
1: Oh my and, God. And,
0: and here's the thing is that a lot of people don't know that this woman's work was originally... Uh, sung by Kate Bush it was um featured in the movie she's having my baby and this the song played in the scene when uh Kevin Bacon I think it was Kevin Bacon was in she's having my baby and his wife was in labor and the song played while she was giving birth to their child. So if you think about the context of the song, the, when Kate Bush wrote it, this woman's work was about a woman giving birth to a child. It wasn't about anything other than that. It's but then Maxwell, Maxwell sang it. You know, he the first time he did it, he did it for his MTV Unplugged Live. Well, mm-hmm. the thing was that he did it on that, but I had seen him live before that came out and he had performed it live Mm -hmm. and i was like what is this song like i just i didn't (laughs) know what the song was and then you know because i'm that type of person i dug into the crates trying to figure out what the origins of the song why was the song what was the song and all this other good stuff but um you know i was trying to figure out why he didn't sing it live i asked my friend who saw him uh in uh i think she saw him in new orleans he didn't perform it there so mm. I, I'm trying to figure if the only thing that I can think is that because it's not his song originally and with the, uh, you know, having to pay out to Kate Bush because she's the songwriter and the original performer that maybe mm. it, it costs too much to perform. I don't know. I You know, and especially because he was in his record contract for 25 years and he just got out of it. Like, yeah. so... I I feel like there's a story behind it that we're not going to get, but it's still one of my goddamn favorite songs. And it's, you know, the name of the song is This Woman's Work. This Woman's Work, ooh, it's hard on a man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But but you know, (laughs) um, we can can examine the lyrics at another day. (laughs) Yes. But um, I'm going to go with that song uh, for the week. And also I'm going to go with um, last night. I didn't know that he uh, re-recorded this, but Anthony Hamilton did Superstar. Mm -hmm. Now, Superstar, we all know the Luther version, but Luther was not the first person to sing the song. It was actually um, sung by the Carpenters, originally. Karen Carpenter oh. sung, sung it originally. And it was a fan song. Don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? <laughs> That's how Are it. you serious? I'm, yeah. <laughs> what? I'm such a music nerd that I know these things. But yes, it was originally recorded by the Carpenters. Um, and Luther, wow. made it, Luther made it a love song. And Anth- Anthony Hamilton um, did it as a duet with Jennifer Hudson um, on his new album. But, mm. but you know, Anthony Hamilton singing it was, you know, it's not Luther, but it was good. So, yes. um, Superstar and This Woman's Work are my two songs for the week. Please go and support these brothers if they come to your town. Um, the ticket's been on sale, but if you can catch a ticket, I, I mean, it's worth it. You know, I felt like, honestly, I felt like an adult for the first time at a concert. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told by my, uh, my, uh, date that I've been to too many Migos shows. so <laughs> And that's what, it, and last night was what a real con a grown folks concert was.
1: Yes. Yeah, she, she, they were trying to get you back to your grown and sexy and pull you away from the hood ratness in your soul.
0: Uh, the 13 year old ratchet hood rat in me lives. She thrives <laughs> today in 2022.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado let's get into our woman of notable mention audrey lord
0: uh we've been anticipating talking about audrey lord she's we started such a fucking
1: phenomenal woman dude
0: she's like. she's fucking everything i mean completely and totally everything and before we dig into all the things that she's done I wanted to kind of run through just logistical things about her so I made a list mm-hmm. um her name is Audrey Lord it was uh it's her on her birth certificate it's spelt with a Y she dropped it when she was yep. in, in middle school <laughs> um she was born at February 18th 1934 and she died November 17th in 1992 now mind you in 1992 I was fresh out of high school and was not really all that familiar with Audre Lorde so that's, let let mm-hmm. me just say that she was self-described as a black lesbian mother warrior poet and she dedicated her life and her creative talent to confronting and addressing injustices of racism sexism classism and homophobia um oh, yes. Her uh, roots are her parents, one of her parents was from Barbados, one of her parents was from Grenada, Um, she was an author, she wrote many books, popular titles, Cole, um, The Black Unicorn, and Sister Outsider, which is a book of essays and short stories, and she was quoted as saying, poetry is the way we help give name to the nameless, so it can be thought as they become known to us and accepted by us our feelings and honest excuse me explanation of them become sanctuaries and I can't read my own handwriting and and, and spawning grounds for the most radical and daring ideas so let's dig into all the things that are Audrey, Lord, my God, just where do you start?
1: Listen, i you you already know that I was <laughs> gonna bring this up. Yes <laughs> i I'm doing this on purpose. Right. What, I, what I'm about to say. I do it on purpose because I want to normalize ambitious women who are married or have been married, have kids. Or going to have kids and still like accomplishing what their purpose in life is. I want to normalize us being honest about what goes into it because men are allowed to be honest about it. And I'm gonna give you an example. I shared this with you the other day. Yes. But Will Smith in his book he did he did something that was extremely honest, but I think there is space for men to do this because people are very forgiving of men. Like, oh, he's the provider. So what do you expect him to do? He has to go out and he has to provide. So Will Smith said that um, over the years, he's spoken to tons of artists, musicians, innovators, athletes, thinkers, poets, entrepreneurs, big dreamers from all walks of life. And we know those Labels are not just for men, right? There are women there too. But he said, there's a secret conversation that always seems to arise. How can we fully pursue and realize our visions while at the same time cultivating love, a thriving family and fulfilling relationships? He says, and I quote, and here's the harsh reality for everyone who loves a dreamer. Everything comes second to the dream." Now. I think men have space to say that because if I said that as a woman, they'd immediately label me as a bad mother and right. a terrible wife. Because if everything comes second to the dream, then that means you're you're investing most of your time and your energy in the dream. Right. That's correct. You've somebody's spouse and somebody's parent. <laughs> hey, good luck is basically what he's he is admitting to this and right. anybody who reads his book will see everything in Will Smith's life came second to him being worldwide hollywood famous right he he makes no he pulls no punches about that is what was most important to him right and most men do right that's the way of the world right but I'm bringing up that Audrey was married for eight years and she had two kids, because the things that are extolled about Audrey and her accomplishments are not that she was a wife and a mother. Right. It was that she was a writer. She was a feminist, a womanist, a librarian. I mean, yeah, she was a librarian, civil rights activist. lesbian warrior and poet Mm -hmm. those are the things and I'm, i'm bringing this up because that is how the world sees us we are we are only successful when the world allows us to be successful exactly but imagine taking those things right and downplaying them and upplaying the fact that she was a mother and a wife right Nobody's impressed by that. Nobody like, seriously, nobody's impressed by that even though that is the expectation as far as women's ambitions are, oh, you need to be in the kitchen or taking care of some, or popping some kids out. And so I want to normalize women being honest about how much time and effort has to go into our ambitions, and being honest about how much time we actually spend with our family as opposed to what we know our purpose is. Because I feel like Tamara, I really do think that sometimes women are afraid to admit that their purpose is not being a wife or a mother. Well,
0: but I think that more of us need to admit to that because what I normally see is the rhetoric Um, That is slung around that, you know, if a woman is unmarried, if she has no kids, a lot of people like to say she's less of a woman because of those things. And that is very untrue. And I think that if more Mm -hmm. women came out and said, that's not my goal, my goal is not to be a wife. My goal is not to be a mother. Um, Then I feel like Mm -hmm. it would it would lessen the blow for those who that is their goal. Like because because I, I feel like yes, people use when people say that their goal is to be a wife and a mother, I feel like there are people on this earth um, who like to use that against them. who they do we, who weaponize that against women in any any fashion because even if that is your goal, if that is not your goal, somehow that becomes the mark of whether you are a good woman. Yes. And that's, that's very that's false. That is a false equivalency. That no, and I, two, I'm not, saying this not
1: equal the same thing. So, right. And I don't. I don't want my words to get lost in translation. I'm not saying this because I'm trying to create this space where I'm advocating for women to not get married and not have children. Right. I'm advocating, and this is a great way to segue into, you know, how badass of a feminist she was i'm advocating for you to have that and be able to do something that fulfills you outside of being of service to other people and even though some of the roles some of our purposeful roles still involve us being a service to other people it is it is a purpose of our choosing
0: exactly and that's it that's the point that it's of our choosing
1: Yes, it's not, oh, you have tits in a vagina, go reproduce, bitch. And make sure the dinner's hot on the table. Look, you see my face. Like there's so much more light to that. But yeah. for women who want to do that, I think, hey, go do it and yeah. do the best job you can. But I feel like, yes, we do need to clap for those women too. Cause being a mom and a parent ain't No fucking easy task, especially if you are doing it the right way. And I know people are like, there's no right way or wrong way to be a mom. Yes, the fuck it is. Like, I want people to stop telling that lie because if you are abusing the fuck out of your kids, are you telling me that's the right way to be a parent? Right. So let's cut the shit and be honest. Like, yes, obviously Audrey was busy in these streets trying to get our black asses some salvation. Right. From all the shit. So I, I had to bring that up because to any mothers and or wives who are listening to this, I, I want to be supportive of what you all are doing because I don't always have that support. Right, it's like just go be go be the best mom you can be. As if I don't have nothing else, I'm interested in doing, and that's why I love Audrey Lord because her focus was like, I have to make space for us to have a better future. You know, yes, her focus was black women, and she I feel like she truly embodied fitness because she was doing whatever the fuck she wanted to do, like her husband. I don't know if you got into this, but her husband was a white gay man. Yes. I did, I knew that. I knew that. I was like, what? <laughs> but it's an example of I'm doing what I want to do. Mind yeah. your business. What yes. does this have to do with you? It has nothing to do because I'm pretty sure her kids were taken care of. Right. We hear no wild crazy ass stories about Audrey Lord abandoning her children she was like no I will do what I can to take care of everyone so you know I know that I was telling you I had been reading rereading Sister Outsider right for anyone who doesn't know this is a book of essays and speeches by Audre Lorde um there were three essays she wrote that stood out for me okay. and they touched on barriers to women and loving because she talked a lot about women our relationships with one another right and not from a homoerotic place not from a place of her encouraging other people to be a lesbian there was no gay agenda for anybody out there <laughs> you see me <laughs> right because you you know some people gonna say it right. but just from stepping away from misogyny and the patriarchy so that we can be supportive of one another as women, not embodying the things that have been shoved down our throats that is n- about nothing more than power and control shit, right? Right. So that one, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house, which also had, had to do with I've our relationships. i read that but our, our relationships with men too, right? Yeah. And the uses of anger, which you know that's my favorite one. Reading about Audrey Lorde. And I, I feel like we can come, we can come back to this after you talk about how she's touched you. Audrey Lord is one of the women who I tuned into when it comes to anger. Mm -hmm. because for so many years I have been told that anger is wrong get rid of it just like fear right and it never felt right when people would tell me that they were uncomfortable with my anger but my anger isn't just oh I'm angry I want to go beat people up or I want to hurt people I I mean I don't know any other way to to describe it other than it being righteous anger I'm upset that women don't get the support that they need. I am upset that our children are are they're surrounded by systems that are failing them. I am upset that black people get the short end of the stick constantly and it's 2022. Like I'm not just upset that I don't get my mail every day like I'm supposed to. I could give a fuck about that. I don't that's not the things that anger me. What angers me is people harming other people and then playing it off. Like, it's not that big a deal. You're being too sensitive. Like, it's righteous anger. And she was the first, one of the first women who said, your anger is valid. I feel like Solange's song needs to come on right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of, to be mad about. Look at like this. Yes, it needs to it, come I on! Hear it, I hear it. <laughs> we as black as black women, we have a lot to be mad about, and Audrey pretty much said it's okay, but take this and do something with it. Don't just sit around and be angry. Let it fuel you. So, those those are my three that I'm going to keep circling back to during this conversation because I think Audrey embodied feminism beyond white feminism she was like no bitches we all need to get along (laughs) but
0: I mean but if you think about how she views white feminism yes it's very similar to what did we talk who did we talk about last week and how she she said she didn't want to be a feminist because it was too focused on the white white yes so it's 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 I think it's that's an underlying theme with feminism and I think that I think that there are some men who try to use feminism against Black women. And in the respect that
1: it didn't help you, it only helps white women. She taught, but she talks about that. Right. Like, this doesn't, what I'm trying to achieve for us doesn't diminish you. It's going to help you. Yeah.
0: It's like, a, calm down. It's so, they're so <laughs> defensive. Like, the term itself, like, strikes fear in the hearts of men all over i would this is i'm going to talk about audrey in a second but i have to say this is about feminism i even saw a guy having his dating profile please do not swipe if you identify as a feminist
1: all right then i identify as a woman who wants equal human rights for other
0: women yeah, so I was like, okay, I got you, sir. But um anyway, I <laughs> I wanted to, <laughs> to, to talk about um this week I went onto YouTube and I uh, listened to a couple of speeches that Audrey Lord had done. And it was just like clips from mm-hmm. interviews and things like that. Um, and I think there's a page on YouTube, it's called the Afro-Marxist. And that's where a lot of her, um, a lot of her information was on YouTube. But I listened to uh, "There's No Hierarchy for uh, of Oppressing." So, so, but <laughs> when I heard it, it immediately took me back to. Um, we did a when I was in grad school, we had a Black History Month um, um, event, and Nikki Giovanni came to speak. Um, at, at the school, and one of the things that mm-hmm. she said is that, you know, a lot of people, she was like in the Black community, they feel some kind of way about homosexuals or the gay community, and that she was like, if they're coming after gays, who do you think they're coming for next? She was like, it ain't no, there's no difference between, she was like, what they're doing to them, they're going to do to us. So you don't, I don't Mm -hmm. want you to feel like you are outside of that. And as soon as I heard the, um, there's no hierarchy of oppressing. And what Audre Lorde was basically saying is that if you are oppressing, as I identify as a lesbian, if you are oppressing black people, I am black. So that affects me. If you are oppressing uh homosexuals I'm a lesbian that is a part of who I am I am not just one or the other I am all these things and if there's oppression happening to those people those are my people so that those things are happening to me so Mm -hmm. you know one oppression isn't better than the other oppression or you know how they like to have the oppression olympics on social media that those things that exist oppression is oppression across the board and so like I totally identify with that because that is uh the thing that I am always very adamant about with black people who feel some kind of way about when uh the gay community get things when things happen for them um Mm -hmm. when they were you know when they passed it so that um there could be gay marriage in the United States. Unfortunately, like my family, mama, you gonna hear this. Y'all are very homophobic, <laughs> like <laughs> extremely homophobic. And when the day that passed, I was very excited for my friends who were gay and who mm-hmm. thought they would never have that opportunity to be married. So I was excited for my friends and then having to listen to my um listen to my family talk about what what's next they going to let the people marry animals what like are you being serious are you, and i think i was you know <laughs> but I, but i'm just kind of like you know you oppress oppressing the gay community is no different than the white people oppressing you i don't want to hear you complain when you're doing the same thing because the thing that yes. bothers me and this gets into intersectionality is that when you oppress the gay community you be you act as if there aren't any black people that are gay like yes. it, it, it's like you identify homosexuality outside of people's race like are you kidding me like but, half the people in your church are gay don't do that but um <laughs> but, I but just, listen <laughs> you, that's, that's my, you know, that's how I feel about when they talk about oppression. That's my, that's why when I listen to that, it stuck. It hit me in the chest because I yeah. see it and recognize it on a daily basis. So,
1: yeah, she. So she, t- Audrey, touches on that in scratching the surface. Some notes on barriers to women and loving, uh-huh. and she says, um "You know, black lesbians come under increasing attack from black men." and heterosexual black women and it's you know they view them as a threat and it's like but why why and so some people have even gone so far as to say you're killing you're killing the human population by being gay am i am i really you is this what you're going to say and you have numerous amounts of men running around making babies all willy-nilly all over the place so you're not counting all these children all of these bastards no shade to the children but where are the fathers so that's so you guys would rather have that than a lesbian who's actually taking care of her kids right look like, at the math ain't massive the math ain't massive
0: <laughs> because a woman can still have a baby whether she's with a woman or not hello so the math really ain't math.
1: Hello. Anyone anyone who has the sexual reproductive organs inside their body yes, that can carry a child, guess what? The human population is not in danger, okay? We should probably slow down, to be honest, because our resources, I know people want to act like global warming isn't real, but... It is. Our resources are running out, folks. That's a whole other conversation. Back to Audrey. She made this point. She said energy is being wasted on fighting each other over the pitiful few crumbs allowed us rather than being used in joining forces. And if you're a Black person, you already know what it's like to be oppressed. But if you're a Black person adopting the same beliefs, that white men have out of fear of us getting together and taking our freedom back, you are no better than the oppressor. You're just doing what they are doing, which is pretty much what you just said a few minutes ago.
0: Yeah, and, and, well, the thing is that it's for them, everybody, it, it's, everybody wants power over someone else. Yes. For Black women, it just happens to be Black men want power over us and yes, they listen. they view that they view things like what audrey lord said as a threat to their power
1: yes she in in her words she said all too often the message comes loud and clear to black women from black men i'm the only prize worth having and there are not too many of me and remember i can always go elsewhere so if you want me, you better stay in your place, which is away from one another, or I will call you lesbian and wipe you out. Black women are programmed to define ourselves within this male attention and to compete with each other for it, rather than to recognize and move upon our own common interests. Let me tell you something. Baby. I, there are men who purposely come online to attack women that are minding their own goddamn business to be like, you fucking fat slob, nobody wants you. And somebody wants you, Jiminy Cricket? Somebody wants you, Eeyore? Like, the audacity, the nerd, like we over here, Black women minding our business, handling our shit. Always minding our business. And here you come. Because you're unhappy with your fucking life and you're an oppressor. (laughs) <laughs> and, and the crazy thing, some business so the crazy thing is that okay we uh, we're
0: still talking about arch but the crazy thing about that is that <laughs> they want to be the oppressor and the victim at the same time
1: Sweat. you can't have both ways.
0: you can't do that you can't you, it's, it's one or the other bruh you can't do it it's like the white
1: women tears
0: right oh my god jesus christ
1: you want people to and this this has to do with the feminism too, because that there was um when I was when I was reading uh, the Master's tools whenever dismantled the master's house, uh-huh. it talked about how white women would always center themselves. Audrey was saying they would always center themselves in the conversation like, how do we do this and how do we do that? And there are some black people who are like, well, if they want to know how to not be racist, you know, what's the harm in, in teaching them how to treat us? And I have to find this because Audrey said it perfectly. But that, I mean, but
0: that's, again, that's, that's labor, free labor that they are asking us to
1: provide, that we have provided them for too long. It is, but Audrey put it so eloquently because you know me, I'm just like, I don't have to teach anybody how to treat me as a human being. Like, fuck you. I don't, that's not something. And she said, that is a tool of the oppressor to distract you from doing other necessary work. They want to consume your time with this frivolous bullshit that they could do on their own time. They already know what they're doing. They know. So when people are just like, I don't think white people know what they're doing. Oh, they are very well aware of
0: what they are doing.
1: I have to fight myself to not reply when black people say that, to be like, you're a fucking idiot. Don't believe that. Because if you ask them like that, what was that old white lady name? I think her first name was Jane. Jane Elliott. Yes, Jane Elliott asked all them white people in that class, all them students, if you were treated like this, how would you feel? Would you would you be okay being treated the way that white people treat black people? And every last single one of them said they would not be okay with it. Don't you ever, black people, please be listening. Don't you ever feel like you have to explain- Nope. How to be humanely treated by another motherfucking human being. E- exactly. You wanna know why? Everybody want to talk about All Lives Matter. Well, guess what? If they did, there would be no racism. <laughs> Jane Elliott crazy. proved it. A white woman proved it by talking to her fellow white people. So you know what? As far as I'm concerned, even white people who are Black people's allies, and in, in this very instance, since we're talking about feminists, right? White feminists, if you are truly black feminist allies, you wouldn't put us in positions to have to explain shit to your sisters. No, nope. You would take the responsibility of getting in their ass Every about time. this shit. Because they know what oppression is because that's why you consider yourself a feminist because all these years that you had to look at white men telling you what to do, that you wouldn't shit, you weren't gonna be shit and you were subhuman, Right. Well, all of a sudden, me as a black person got to tell you that. Think about when white men were mistreating you. Well, you're doing the same thing to you. Know what the fuck you're doing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's.
0: But that's to me, that's a part of white feminism is that they want to be feminist, but they want to retain their privilege in the same breath, and so they don't want their to, power. Yeah, they don't want to let that. That, like I said, it's everything is about power everything every bit of oppression is about a power structure that somebody created and people want to be a part of like again i feel like again this goes back to when we talk what are the words we said we're gonna say a lot collectivism it's about (laughs) it's about it's about people not not thinking thinking very individualistic and not in a collective manner because collectivism is about humanity as a whole whereas your individual power struggles ain't got nothing to do with me. So why? How I get in this? I'm Nene Leakes. How I get in this? How how did I become a part of this when you have to oppress me to retain your power? I didn't. I don't want to be
1: a part of this. I didn't ask you know, to be a part of this. As I was as I was reading Sister Outsider, and as I was taking notes about Audrey, it made me. Th- I don't want to say this woman's name, but I have to in order to bring this up. Uh, Jane Campion's raggedy motherfucking ass. And this is this is why I'm bringing it up because not even 24 yeah. hours have went by when her shit with Sam Elliott, she wanted to point out that he was being sexist. Yeah. And he was, he was. And I, I was like, yeah, you tell him, you tell him Jane, like fuck off, like I, I should be given space and not even 24 hours after i read her collect sam's ass for being sexist she turns around and she spits in two black women's faces that have absolutely nothing to do with anything she was doing so it's it's the perfect example of what audrey was talking about like y'all are harmed and hurt by white men and you're looking for somebody to take it out on. Exactly. So you take it out on black women. Like yep. what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Like, how can you call yourself a true feminist when you do shit like this? And there were several takes about it. Like you guys are projecting Venus and Serena aren't, they didn't even say that they had an issue with what happened, any black woman that that has ever happened to has an issue with it. Whether or not she speaks on it is a different story. And sometimes they don't speak on it for varying reasons, whether it's, I'm not wasting my breath with this stupid ass white woman.
0: Yeah.
1: Nothing's going to change. Right. Or my work speaks for itself. I don't have to prove myself to her white ass or anyone else. Right. Or some women. And I'm not saying this is Venus and Serena. I'm saying there are some black women who are just like it's more of a hassle to speak up, so I'm just going to wait until this blows over and get back on with my life because fuck that bitch. Right. Unfortunately, but this, that's right. Right, but this is what
0: keeps us separate. Right, but you know, and that's but you know, I always say this and you and I have had this conversation about how a lot of times in our in our idea of silence and letting things blow over, we allow those people to harm other people as we go along because we never said anything or we didn't speak up or it was just better to, you know, just let it blow over and fuck her. But but I think that, I mean, everybody doesn't wanna lead the charge. Everybody doesn't wanna stand, yes. step on step on the landmine. That's not everybody's, you know, that's not their ministry. But I think yes. that in, in us, you know, trying to continue to make it, a lot of times when we don't say anything, we look, we look down the line and five or six more women that look like us have been harmed by the same person that harmed us. And so yes. it, it's really a double-edged sword of whether to speak up about it or to just let the shit blow over
1: going to sit here and act like i have spoken out publicly about the men out there in the world that are operating every day they're married to women who consider themselves to be feminists and womanists and speak out about other men who harm women but your husband harms women too and you know that he does and you don't say a motherfucking thing about it
0: not a damn thing
1: there are women who are best friends with men who harm other women and they will sacrifice their relationship with a woman in order to maintain like their silence. But I will say this, cause I can only speak for myself. There was never a time when I was silent that that stopped me from being harmed. I was still being harmed while I was yeah. silent. Right. And the biggest, you know, the biggest monster of them all was my father my dad used to harm me all the time right and I was actually forced to be silent in those situations Mm -hmm. where it was like don't you say anything because if you do you're gonna get fucked up my dad never cursed but I you know this is me talking yeah he was like you say anything it's gonna be bad for you and he wasn't lying I tested it a couple times. It was not a pretty sight. So even for those who be like, but if I say something, it's gonna be worse. It ain't gonna be no worse than what you're already, already going
0: through. Yes, it's like what you're already going through.
1: So that's why I actually like Audrey because she knew that there was gonna be some tough times coming yep. by what she was saying. Cause anytime you speak truth to power and it threatens the patriarchy. Jackie, yes you in for some some tough times like people are gonna shit on you other yeah. black women are gonna, gonna, shit, gonna shit on you on because you, yeah. they they want to protect their little their little piece of power they have at the hands of the men that are harming other women right and so if they if they side with your ass who ain't got a lick of power against this nigga who got the juice they have to accept that they're gonna get treated the exact same way you're treated. Right. And some women, they're not about that life. They like, no, yeah, I'm good with him not publicly flaming my ass. Right. And that's why a lot of women choose to be silent. Y'all, this is not my I'm not trying to push you into anything that right. makes you feel unsafe. I understand this is a decision that you have to come to because. I know while my father was alive, so I didn't have to openly say a lot of things about him. I just stayed away from him. Right. If I'm not around him, I don't have to talk about him. Right. But he's gone now, right? And I shouldn't have been afraid, but I I get it. I get this fear. And that's why I fuck with Audrey, because she is saying you don't have to get rid of your anger or your fear. Those things are important. Yep. That's what's going to help you move forward. Yes, and we have always said, you
0: you say it all the time, anger gets shit done.
1: It does. It does.
0: I mean, you have to think when, I mean, anger gets shit done. Just know that when um, you mad enough, you'll make some shit happen that folks told you couldn't happen. And I can bear witness to it. Look, I I ain't gonna say much, but I can bear witness to it. Anger will get some shit done, you know? Um, I can honestly
1: say speaking up is is my way of channeling my anger and how and how Audrey was saying what you have to do it productively. So by me speaking up, I'm I hope that it encourages, excuse me, other women especially women who embody, you know, the term feminist and womanist to tell their stories too. Because again, like I said, there are men out there that I would love to roast their motherfucking asses publicly. Baby. However, (laughs) I'm not scared of the blowback. I am just being considerate of all the people it's gonna touch,
0: yes and that and that is the thing is that I feel like there are so many men that are operating in fear of the mm-hmm. one time it's the wrong person. you understand what I'm saying because oh yeah because I understand what you're saying because I got some stories myself that I just had you know <laughs> I,
1: I, I just I, say this yeah. I, I doubt they hear this because they hate women like me anyway. So they're more than likely not listening to this. I just don't poke the bear. Yeah. Don't. And your wives, hey, wives of men who are fucking pieces of shit, don't poke the bear. I'm bear, bitch. Yeah. I'll stay mean, away I, from you. You stay away from me.
0: Yes, and and that's the thing is that they know not to poke the bear like they, oh, yeah, cause they don't fuck with me no more yeah, they know they know. <laughs> they know not to and that's the thing is that i you know again i feel like so many people have been spared our wrath by um by you know just don't fuck but, with me and i won't fuck with you and that's that's we better that way
1: but see this is this is something that is historically been proven to be true is when you feel you have no power or you have very little power or your power is is concentrated into one particular area, yes, you do walk lightly. Yeah. But when you're when you have a voice and it is very clear that you have a loud voice and you have this necessary support, like the shit's gonna come out. Look how long it took to catch Bill Cosby's raggedy fucking ass. Right. Right. But strength is in numbers. Right. You, d- even despite all of those women coming out over the years mm-hmm. and saying what was happening, it took a certain level of woman. And it, this is the fucked up part is there are women in positions of power right now who knew he was doing those things and Jeffrey Epstein was doing those things, right? Harvey protect. I'm sorry, Harvey Weinstein. Yes. Sorry. What was Jeffrey Epstein doing?
0: Probably something wrong too. I don't know. <laughs> is he the guy with the? Is he the guy that was with Donald Trump and, the, and he got killed in jail? And he had the the young girls. They was trafficking girls. Is that Jeffrey? I think Epstein? so. Yeah, that I, was yeah, Jeffrey I think Epstein. so. That was Jeffrey. Okay.
1: okay. Regardless, he was terrible. He also. was terrible
0: too. So yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But any man who is like. Has some huge level of power, and there are women who work side by side. You can't tell me you didn't know. It's just like I have my cross to bear in a lot of situations where I was friends with guys and I saw them mistreating women. I didn't say shit. I have to live with that until the day that I die. And it's mm-hmm. fucked up because had I been reading, I don't know if you can see this. (laughs) Had I been reading Sister Outsider or reading some of her essays and her works as a teenager, I think my behavior would have been totally different because she talks about, you know, women, we have to stick together because the patriarchy, these men stick together? All the time. But we think by siding with them, it's going to get us ahead a lot faster and so i like to use her as an example too of when you are in a position of power as a woman it's your job to uplift other women because if you don't you become no different than the men who are keeping us down right but there are so many of us women who get in positions of power and we just become one of the boys
0: yeah we don't hire other women they they call it going along to get getting along going along to get along or something yeah I can't remember how the phrase goes but that but that happens a lot I've, I see it you know I don't work in the corporate world and I don't work in the entertainment industry but where I am employed I see that a lot <laughs> and oh yeah and it's it's horrible to watch because you know other people will ignore it but I pay very close attention to it because I see it coming, you know. Like if something happens, oh, I saw that coming. But y'all wasn't paying attention. But I seen it. Like I saw it, you know, when it when it started. But you know, I'm I am not in a space where if I speak up, you know, they'll mm-hmm. um, they'll get rid of me and replace me with two people, and pay them one look one third of what I'm making. So you know, it would benefit them if I, <laughs> if they can right. Of me. <laughs>
1: Even though even though Audrey, what I'm about to say, she was talking about in the academic mm-hmm. realm, I think it applies across the board that if women truly want a dialogue about racism, it will require recognizing the needs and the living context of other women. And I feel like that's no different when it comes to, you know, the homophobia that exists amongst black women yes because and i i've talked to you about this before that there's some heterosexual black women who they don't mind black men being gay but they don't like black women to be gay and it's it, it's very obvious especially to someone who doesn't identify as heterosexual so right. you know i don't identify as heterosexual and I see how heterosexual black women treat me. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very weird because there's this assumption that because I'm bisexual, I'm still only attracted to masculine things. Right? So Look, it's that's like, a
0: whole different
1: conversation.
0: Oh, it's so much. Go ahead.
1: It is, but it it has to do, and this is. Okay, I'm going to venture off a little bit. As far as homophobia goes and people thinking it's just, oh, I'm not scared of gay people. That That's not just what homophobia is. Like, wh- why are we being willfully obtuse? Yes. Why? Like, if you if you're coming from a place of curiosity, I'm not saying people can't be curious about things that are different from them, but come from, if you are truly coming from a place of curiosity, it wouldn't bother you that someone's different. Right. And I think that was the point that Audrey was making is that this is a point where we can appreciate other people's differences and get to learn them, but we have turned this into nothing more than a power struggle. Right. And it's not something, it's not something to be fighting about because yeah. there are bigger things that we, at hand yes. that we need, yeah. to, we need to address.
0: But that, that, that's a great segue into, um, they say that her, most of her writings are based on the theory of difference. Mm-hmm. And that is the idea that the binary opposition between men and women is overly simplistic. Although feminists have found it necessary to present the illusion of a solid, unified whole, the category of women itself is full of subdivisions. So basically, her theory of difference is really like the basis of what intersectionality is, what we would call it today. Her theory of difference is intersectionality. And that's just. I don't, you know, it's always the when I think about intersectionality, I always think about when they ask the question, are you are you black first or are you a woman first?
1: I hate that.
0: I am both question. at the same time. I'm not, I am I if I go out into the world, people will I look at me visually and identify me as a black woman. I, I don't get to separate those two. Like I don't when I walk yeah. outside, I don't get to say, well, today I'm just gonna be black. <laughs> I don't know you know, want to, you no, know I'm, not, I'm just gonna be black today.
1: But you know who always asked me that question? Never, ever in life has it been anyone other than heterosexual people. Yes. Why are you asking that? I'm both. I was born as both, right. I didn't get to choose I didn't get to choose that. So, so why and I, I, I asked and I still haven't gotten an answer to this day why is it important for for me to tell you which one comes first right well I can tell you which one comes first to me because you're making that be important and it's like these things do not change well you could decide tomorrow you don't want to be a woman now we're talking about something totally different that's
0: not that has nothing to do with this conversation, because I would present this to them in this way. Are you black first? Or are you a woman first? Um, if we go out to a restaurant, and I walk in the door. What you see? What do you see? A black woman like, you yes. know, I, my, my womanhood doesn't walk in the door first. And then my blackness comes in behind me. My blackness doesn't walk in first and then. The woman comes in behind it it's the same shit like so when I hear when people ask and the crazy thing to me the thing that bothers me most about that question is to the thing that grinds my gears is that <laughs> women answer the motherfucking question
1: yeah, because why would you I'm answer gonna, this I'm, question I'm gonna tell you this so I had a friend ask me this And they were very insistent on me answering it. And I don't think that they realized how, I'm trying to think of the best word to say.
0: No, use the right word, use the right one.
1: It was oppressive. Yes. It was oppressive and demeaning because why are you fixated on that? Because the next thing you're gonna say is you're a black bisexual woman, which one are you first? Why do I have to prove that to you as another black person? Yeah. Like it doesn't, I think it's again, a distraction. You know, Toni Morrison, that famous Toni Morrison quote about racism being a distraction. And it is, and I I know that we know for a fact that fundamentally black people cannot be racist because it's about power structure and power dynamics, right? And we ain't the people who got all the juice. Right. But we can definitely still embody white supremacy. Yes. And this is, I don't care whoever hears this and says to himself, that's not white supremacy. Yes, it is, because that's something a a, a white person would do is try to force you Yep to identify in a way that is comfortable for them.
0: But that's the thing is that it's so internalized and so white supremacy is so internalized and so up and through the black community that they don't even realize that that's what it is. That they, they're they like, well, everybody's like, this is still white supremacy. I don't give a damn. Like, it, doesn't, it, doesn't <laughs> right. change, it doesn't change what it is because everybody is that way. That doesn't change it. So saying that everybody, what, I mean, look, you have to go, your old school in your If everybody jump off a bridge, you're going to jump off a bridge
1: too. Some people though will answer that as a yes, well, you're uh, an idiot. Yes.
0: You're an a, idiot. A pure, well, if everybody's doing it, <sighs> girl, I just, that's not what I mean uh-uh. by collectivism, y'all. That is, <laughs> that's not what I mean. That we is, do not. That need... is blindly following some some thought process that you did not think about yourself that you have put no logical critical thinking into. That is not what collectivism is about. That's not it. We That's don't. What I mean. We
1: don't need to be collectively stupid. Yes, please. On purpose. That's
0: the last thing
1: we want you to do. Listen, I I'm inspired by women like Audrey Lord because she said what she had to say. I'm inspired by all activists because they don't spend a lot of time focused on like personally how they're being attacked. Right. They speak in a way that I'm speaking about this because it's important to my survival, but it's important to all of these other women's survival too. And if other people can't, step up to the plate and say something, I'm going to, because yes, I'm fighting for this for myself, but I'm fighting for all these women too. And this is the thing that I constantly, like, I feel like I'm a broken record sometimes because it's like, I'm not just doing this for me. Right. Any change that I affect as a black woman is gonna affect every black woman. Yep. So, I feel like enough of us don't think about that when we are in positions that can bring about huge changes in environments that are white male-driven, white woman-driven, yep. and that are centered around people that are not us. Yep. If if you have the ability to stand up for something, why wouldn't you? Why would you want to adopt the ways of the patriarchy? They've done nothing but harm us. And that's, a, but
0: you know, it's so, again, it's one of those things. I feel like a lot of it's the get along, go along to get along crew. You have the go along to get along crew and the everybody else is doing it crew that... Adopt those things, the patriarchy, the white supremacy to keep their space and hold on to their, what we talked about earlier, their little piece of power. And also, cause they think that it's gonna get them ahead in some way, shape or form, Not and not even really recognizing the harm that they are doing while they maintain those types of ideations.
1: Yes, I, I feel like when you have a vision as wide as Audrey Lords and any other woman who is like taking on the task of affecting like huge change. It, like she admitted, like her material is created from the dailiness of her life. Like, okay, I gotta do this shit. So I'm gonna speak up for everyone else. And I feel like it starts with our sons, right? Oh, good God. I, I have not had the privilege of birthing a um a male human being I haven't but she made this point and I think it it can apply across the board with I'm gonna say it you'll know what I'm talking about she said that it was clear to her that she could both love her son fiercely and let him go so for their mutual survival not just his Mm -hmm. she had no choice but to let him go and to teach him that she did not exist to do his feelings for him. So she stepped up to the <laughs> plate. A lesbian mother, y'all. She taught her son that he gotta do his own emotional work. And before <clears throat> anybody jumps up in anger, you know that's why we have the problems we have. Yes. Between, our interactions between Black men and Black women is because time after time after time they think that we're supposed to do their emotional work for them because their mothers did or did not do it for them exactly. and when i say did not i don't mean that in the way that audrey didn't do the work for her son she didn't just be like no nigga get <laughs> out of here i'm gonna teach you how to do the emotional work because i have to do my own Correct. and your sister has to do hers yeah so and you should I- do yours <laughs> right you don't get you don't get off and, and putting your emotional burdens on the women and the girls surrounding you and that i feel like that is why there's also that power struggle there because if everyone who is doing the emotional labor on themselves like had to explain how much work that involves and then for another another human being that in the struck the power structure is above you says that you have to do this for me it turns into you know about this in the business world yeah. managing up
0: good lord so you
1: get all the perks of being at the top and then i have to train you how to do your motherfucking job
0: yeah that's no now, that's no enough.
1: in the in the corporate world we understand Nobody understands this more than women, how draining that is.
0: Baby. But
1: I have to do my job and I have to make sure you do your job yep. too, but you get the you get the big check. I don't get the check. Right. I don't get the five weeks vacation. Right. I don't get the CEO title, but you do. And then I got to do all the work and make sure you do your job too. No. Yeah. And the equivalent of that in our day to day lives is having to do our managing up in our day to day lives is doing emotional labor for boys. And
0: yeah.
1: I said no.
0: I don't want no. do, to do the emotional labor for anyone other than myself.
1: L- listen, and if we keep it at 100, I don't want to do my own emotional labor. That shit is. Right. Because like, this shit is a, a, lot, it's of a lot of work. <laughs> I'm it's doing a it. lot. It's a lot. I'm going to do it Yeah, I'm responsible. I'm responsible and very much like Audrey said, you know, I'm going to take what happens in my day-to-day life and I'm going to apply it to everything. Okay. I, yeah. I got somebody watching me. My yeah. kid is watching me. So even like, you know, when we were talking earlier and I was telling you how when I had to enforce or reinforce some boundaries. And I've said, you know, this is, it will ultimately affect my kid. This is why I have to do it. Now, granted it will affect me too, Mm -hmm. but the bug is my driving force to push a lot of this stuff because I have to be the change that I wish to see. Exactly. And so I can't tell her she has to do something a certain way And then I'm out here letting shit fall by the wayside. And I feel like Audrey is a good reminder of, I gotta live this shit because I'm telling all of you, don't let these white people treat you like this. Don't let these white women and they white tears of alleged fragility.
0: Girl, (laughs) I sent you that video and I've been thinking about that for two days what they do
1: they definitely weaponize it and I mean you know I've just accepted this 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 episode is about our relationship with feminism because in previous roles white women have hired me and they have talked about how they're a feminist they're here to uplift all women and You know, they're in position of power to make sure that women are uplifted. And then something happens, right? You know this all too well. And I've had to say something, you know, this is what's going on with me and my emotional, excuse me, my emotional place right now, my mental place is here. And I've pretty much been told, well, this is a place of business. You need to leave your your shit at home. And then no sooner than that being said, a day later, in a in a meeting, this white woman breaks down in tears, y'all. Oh, life is so hard. I just I'm so stressed out. But yesterday when I told you that my anxiety was bad and I needed I needed to take a five, it was you need to do that on your own time. Tools of oppression my friends that audrey lord spoke about
0: these white tears
1: there's some fucking bullshit okay because you you don't have no tears for black women when they need they're asking you for the same grace that you want to extend it to yourself
0: that's really it that's really it
1: i mean that's
0: she, when Ar- feminism Ar- becomes Lord, a horse Ar- shit. Audre <laughs> Ar- Ar- Lorde did, did, Ar- Ar- Lord did the good work. She did the good work. And she laid a foundation. I, I feel like enough, uh, not enough Black women really study Audre mm-hmm. Ar- Ar- Lord like they should. Because I feel like if they did, things would be a lot different for people that, and they just, I just don't feel like they are exposed. Or you have those people, like we talked about those, the homophobes who that's what i was
1: gonna say that
0: she's a lesbian and then they don't want to oh this lesbian feminist because you know they try to convert me yeah they always say that if um you know that's the whole thing you know what feminist is it's it's just a bunch of lesbians i hear that a lot and i'd be like
1: (sighs) that is i i listen it might it might sound crazy or like, oh, she just saying that because it sounded, that's a tool of oppression to yeah. call Black women lesbians because we are telling you yep. we deserve to be respected. How does that make me a lesbian? lesbian? Right. You don't think you should respect, but the reality is, no, they don't respect anyone. They barely respect their mama. Let's keep it 100. Because if you did respect your mother, you would have no problem respecting other women. Right. I listen, I'm not falling for that. I'm banana not.
0: Banana in the tailpipe, banana in the tailpipe.
1: <laughs> Very much so. Our relationships with one another as Black men and Black women could stand to be improved, but. There's a lot of black men who don't want to admit that they embody white supremacy right. when it comes to women. I must control you or you woman are out of control. You're running your mouth too much. Yep. You need to get back in line. You need to get back in your place. What is my place, sir? Right. What do you think your your place is to a white man? Yep. You're no longer fighting in the Mandingo fights. Right is was that your place in the first place should you go back to that like yes that's a bit extreme what i said but (laughs) nevertheless it it's very much so about what do you mean get back in my place girl what do you mean elaborate on that why is it bothering you when women are speaking up I'm a hundred percent sure there are a lot of men that I know who will not ever listen to this podcast because I am saying things that annoy them. Right. But it annoys you, you men, because you know what I'm saying is right. It's a tool of oppression to silence us. It's no different than a white man silencing you and trying to keep you from being the best that you can be because they're afraid is going to change the power dynamic. Right. And that's, and I
0: mean, but again, all of it at the end of the day is about power structure, power and the power structure and trying to maintain that power structure. So it's, you know, I, I feel like people place too much emphasis on the power because a lot, especially for black men, what you you deem as power is like that's false. That's not power. There's no power. She mentioned
1: that. that it's a false equivalence yeah. to
0: power. Yeah, there's no power. No you guys power are So I don't I don't understand. That's the that's the I don't understand. Like it's not what you think it is.
1: Right, the power isn't us unifying. Yeah. That's but nobody not, wants to talk about
0: that no they don't and that's that's really what it is is about is you know again look me back on my collectivism vibe i'm about to <laughs> i'm about to ride that horse to the world to the wheels for love i mean it's just that the reason that they that we are so divided is because uh white supremacy knows that there's so much power in our unity um if we I mean, that's a, why they have
1: separated us for (laughs) so so many years
0: we as the people of the global majority amen could really make some shit happen if we stop following patriarchy and our internal and work on getting rid of our internalized white supremacy we can make we can make some shit happen for sure yes but you know some people say they're ready for the fight but y'all not really ready because you have to do the work on yourself Mm -hmm. and that's where that's where the full stop happens
1: (laughs) but see this is this is how we're held accountable is every single time we refer to ourselves as a feminist or a womanist or in support of other women like I think every woman should sit down and say, what does that look like? Right. Have I been walking the walk? Have I been talking the talk? Am I only focused on this with the black women who look like me? And when I say look like me, I'm not talking about like my complexion, I'm light-skinned. I only operate with light skin. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for black women who are ambitious and don't have children, do you create space for Black women who do have children? Right. Or do you consider them a burden? Right. And do you consider them taking up space that someone without kids could could do this better? Right. Women who, you know, do not have spouses and don't intend to ever have them, do you consider women who do? Or women who do have spouses, do you consider women who don't? Like, it's not, if we were being truly inclusive as a feminist, we don't just look at the feminists who operate in the same spaces as us. We make space for women, and specifically Black women. Yep. Because we know know the things that we're up against every single day. Audrey knew. And Audrey was like, I'm telling y'all, like, the... Let's ban against the common enemy. Stop banning against each other. That's not getting us anywhere. Let me tell you something. She put
0: out, she basically left a manual that we are not paying attention to.
1: She did. And she said, "Black, Black men, we didn't say you were the enemy. We didn't. It has consistently been, white supremacy is the enemy. You aren't black man. I'm, I'm trying to do some shit with you. Right. I'm trying to make some moves. I have my remember? own, I have
0: my own theory who told them that we thought they were the enemy, but that's just a whole nother conversation.
1: White supremacy. White supremacy told them that we were the enemy and they <laughs> yes. bought that bullshit. And yes. They bought into it. Oh my god.
0: So I mean it was a, they bought into it so quickly,
1: so easily. Well, because if it serves your agenda that you already have about true. being the king of the jungle, uh, why wouldn't you buy into it? Oh, this sounds true. good. Yeah, this this is good. supportive of what I want to. I want to be on the top.
0: Yes, it is supportive of my fuckery.
1: Yeah, somebody has to be on the bottom when you're looking to be on the top.
0: That's very true.
1: And unfortunately, Black women consistently stay at the bottom Audre Lord spoke about this yep. when we think about wages it is white men make the most money then black men then white women then black women
0: yep we're at the bottom of the totem pole i've always said that we are at the bottom we're on the bottom rung
1: but as long as they can keep As long as they can keep Black men thinking that they have to be above us, that is how they keep us at the bottom. Yep, that is exactly true. Don't, listen, Black men out there with some juice, stop hiring Black women to do all the work and paying them fucking pennies on the dollar. Stop. Please. Especially when you hire your boys and they don't be doing fucking nothing. Yes, they so do nothing for all you. Money to do shit to
0: not do shit.
1: They do nothing for you. They do nothing for your company. You hire a black woman to fix all your shit. And then you don't even pay her what you know she's worth. If she's doing her job and your boys' job that you hired, why wouldn't you pay her? But they will keep they will keep these guys around them that ain't doing shit. Another tool of white supremacy. Do look
0: better. At, Do better.
1: Look look at Congress. Oh God! It, didn't yeah. we talk about this? All those motherfucking people who want to check a black woman's credentials. When they yes, didn't go it, to school for the shit that they should have went to school for right. for the role that they have. But they want to check a black woman's prediction. Is she is she qualified? Are you qualified? Half you of you never qualified for this? I would never qualified. So what are we talking about? But I but you know, that's what they. So okay. this is this is my this is my word to all black women. Black women, please, please do not get in positions of power and turn into white men. Please. Yes. Please, like keep your word. Yeah. Like Audrey, I promise you, if you read Audrey Lord's words, you will not become a lesbian. I promise. Jesus she's Christ. Not, she's not trying to convert you into munching any carpet whatsoever. I <laughs> promise you. I promise. She's not. She's just saying, if we can all band together as women we can overthrow the patriarchy.
0: Yeah, we could do so That's all much. She's saying. Just I mean again like I said, she has a she has an instruction manual out there for you. I encourage you all to look into it, read it.
1: You can have it. It's all yours.
0: Um figure out um how to utilize it to your benefit. But you gotta get into Audrey Lord. You gotta get into her because she's she's giving us she's giving us the information that she's been long gone from this world. She gave us the information before ninety two, and it yes, is sir. and it's thirty years later, and we still ain't got our shit together. Come on, we gotta do better.
1: Yep, Audrey Lord, my friends. Yes,
0: please go. I mean, if you don't if you don't want to read the book, just go just go on YouTube and just type in Arjun Lord and just listen to her interview. Just listen to what she is saying. Again, you can see a, a lot of her interviews or um, and listen to a lot of things on the Afro Marx page, um, Afro Marxist, excuse me, on um, on YouTube because that's where I found a lot of her stuff. But just go listen. And I mean, and when you listen, listen to what she is saying for comprehension, but also listen... To the feeling behind the way she is saying it, she's trying to save our lives, y'all, and y'all are not paying the motherfucking attention.
1: <laughs> That's pay it, attention. Baby. That's it. Pay baby. attention.
0: Well, look, I think we've exhausted ourselves talking about Audrey. We could, we have.
1: I, I think this has probably been the longest episode. I- yeah, tell is- us what
0: we- I'm I told you We could talk for two more hours if we if we really.
1: I'm amped I feel like I've gotten fuel I probably will not go to sleep tonight because (laughs) I just I have all the I this type of stuff energizes me because I do take my responsibility um to empower other women seriously and I have my grandmother to thank for that my grandmother raised my mom differently than she, with different beliefs than, than what she instilled in me and my sister. And I noticed this with a lot of black men, they raise their daughters differently than they actually see women. So my dad, he I'm gonna say he told my sister the same things as me, but you know, my sister would have to verify this on her own. But my dad, he would always tell me, you know, you don't have to rely on no nigga for nothing. You got a brain, you're smart. You can figure it out. You don't have to wait on no nigga to do nothing. Mm -hmm. And he also, he also encouraged, us not to rely on our looks to get things he said somebody could come up and throw acid in your face what you gonna do when you ugly if that's all you relied on is your looks he was like your most valuable asset is up here so you know i feel like it aided in me and my sister already being very autodidactic but a lot of men raise their daughters i say fathers who are like in the home mm-hmm. or they have a full-time presence they, ra- they try to raise their daughters to be strong but then we see how you treat our mama right so it confu- it confuses us yeah. like what he's saying makes sense but i i don't understand so i feel like also fathers you're raising, your daughters aren't always gonna be your cute little girls. They're eventually gonna grow up and become beautiful, beautiful women. Are you showing them the type of women that they should be? Or are you just telling them? Because that makes all the difference in the world too. Like you have to walk the walk. So if anything, think about it from that perspective. That's, That's what I, I leave it with also, you know, my grandma, she raised, raised me always have women's back always. If someone is, is lacking and you got it, if you got $2, she got one. Right. If somebody needs a place for their, for, to lay their head while they're going through whatever, if you got space, you let them, you let them lay their head down. I had a friend when I was a teenager who, um, her boyfriend used to beat on her. And they had gotten into this really bad fight. She had cut her arm, was bleeding. And I told her she'd come over. I hadn't asked my granny yet. And then I told my grandma, you know, she's scared. Can she stay? My grandma was like, she can stay for two weeks. And then she, she got, I can't take care of nobody else's kid, but she got somewhere to stay for two weeks. And that helped my friends so much. And it was just, it set the tone. so. I say all that to say, Audrey talking about empowering other women where we can help each other. Why wouldn't we? Right. Because we know what we got to go through every day anyway. So with that said, Audrey Lord, my friends. Yes, we get, have given get you get
0: into Audrey it. Lord. She is our woman of notable mention for this episode. Thank you guys for listening to us. Go on about these wonderful women that y'all all all should be interested in and investigating further. Expand your knowledge, learn all that you can. Um, Definitely follow us on Instagram and Twitter, OVI Podcast. You can subscribe to us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, or you can go straight to Anchor and listen to the podcast there. So you have a couple of options. And uh, we'd like to thank you all for being with us through eight episodes. We're excited. The next week is going to be even more exciting. (laughs) Yes, we we close out with a banger. That's with a banger next week. So definitely tune in and we appreciate you guys for listening.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OVI podcast. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast or Google Podcast. And thank you for listening to Outside Voice.